You're listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church. We're located in the Ballston neighborhood of Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us on the web at cumcballston dot o-r-g. There you can learn more about our congregation, where we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Well, as we prepare to hear God's word read and proclaimed this morning, you're in for a bit of a treat. Pastor John has a gift as a storyteller. And so this morning he is going to be reading the word um, in the way that a biblical storyteller would do that. A story about the master. Needing rest, Jesus left the land of Israel and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon in Syrophoenicia. And this happened there. When Jesus was there, he went into a house because he did not want anyone to know that he was there. But his presence would not remain unnoticed. A Canaanite woman, one from that region, whose little daughter was possessed of an unclean spirit, immediately heard about Jesus being there. And she went to him and she said in a loud voice, Have mercy on me, son of David. My daughter is possessed and suffers terribly from a demon. But he made no response to her. The disciples came and said, Send this woman away. She keeps shouting at us. And then he said to her, I was sent only for the lost sheep, for the children of Israel. And she threw herself on her knees. And she said, Lord, help me. And he looked and said, It is not right to throw the bread of the children to the dogs. And then she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs can eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Woman, he said, your faith is great. Go. It has happened as you wish. And she went home, and there was her daughter sleeping in bed, and the demon was gone. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Pastor John. There are some scriptures that we turn to for comfort and consolation. Psalm 23 or Philippians 4.13. And there are other scriptures that when we hear them read can feel like a slap in the face. That was how one of my friends described this passage when we heard Jesus speak to this woman whose daughter was sick. A dog? Did Jesus just call this woman a dog? What is going on? Dr. Tom Long, who is a teacher of preachers, describes this situation as a moment when Jesus seems to be caught with his divinity down. 
Now, it was unseemly for a woman to approach Jesus directly. And even worse, the woman in this story is a Canaanite, who one scholar describes as, quote, one of the great unwashed, with whom good Jews of Jesus' time had no contact. She was from the coastal region of Syria, whose strange gods were worshipped and ritual laws of cleanliness were unknown, end quote. In today's Gospel reading from Matthew, she's called a Canaanite. Mark's Gospel calls her Syrophoenician. Both terms indicate she is a Gentile, a pagan enemy of the Jewish people. Now, given that Jesus has traveled to a Gentile region, it's hardly unexpected he would run into one of these so-called despised people. It's the ironic thing, though, that when Jesus was traveling among his people, Trying to teach them about God's kingdom, he would feed them and teach them and heal them, and so many of them just didn't get the message. And then here he is in this Gentile region, and a Canaanite woman is calling him the son of David, which means Messiah. The very message that Jesus had been trying to get across in every way that he knew how, but this unclean woman somehow got the message. What irony. To finally get the recognition that you want from an unexpected and possibly unwanted place. So maybe that's why Jesus tried to ignore her at first. But the Gentile woman would not be ignored. She raised her voice. She persisted. She attracted attention. Even the disciples who were used to lots of crowds following Jesus said, she's embarrassing us. Jesus, she's shouting, get her to go away, give her whatever she wants. But he says to them, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus may have felt overwhelmed by the needs of people, but this Canaanite woman was persistent. Jesus felt like he had drawn a line to say, this is as far as I'll go in serving people, and the woman stepped right over the line. He tried to keep his distance to move away from her and her need, and she kept moving toward him, saying, Lord, help me and my daughter. He couldn't avoid her anymore. So he says it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Now, some scholars think he must have had a twinkle in his eye when he said it, so this woman knew that he was speaking tongue-in-cheek. I think maybe they just felt the need to defend Jesus a little. Maybe he was testing her. We don't know. Or maybe he was simply trying to say, sorry, I can't help you. I have too many other worries of my own. No matter what Jesus was thinking, he said what he said. And this woman refused to be deterred. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She seems to be acknowledging that Jesus was first sent to the house of Israel, to the chosen people, to the Jewish people. She says, yes, I understand Gentiles aren't your first priority, but I believe in abundance. I believe that you have enough to feed us all. 
And so if we Gentiles are dogs, then give us a dog's ration. How did Jesus react? The text doesn't tell us what his face looked like. Was he ashamed? Was he chagrined? Time and time again, the scriptures show us the religious leaders trying to trick Jesus in complicated questions of the law, but they are never able to best him. And now, for the first time in scripture, it is a Gentile woman who has bested Jesus. Did he throw back his head and laugh? We don't know, but we do know what he said. And it's tempting for us to detect a softening in his voice as he said, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And in that instant, her daughter was healed. The dog becomes a dinner guest and gets to sit at the table with the children. And because the feast is truly so abundant, these additional guests in no way diminish the abundance of food for the children. Of this story, Reverend Barbara Brown Taylor has said, quote, the line he had drawn between him and the woman disappeared. The limits he placed on himself vanished. You could almost hear the huge wheel of history turning as Jesus came to a new understanding of who he is and what he has been called to do, end quote. That woman's example of faith was like a lever on Jesus opening his arms wider and wider until there is room for the whole world in them. You and I have probably met people like this woman from time to time. People who put demands upon us, maybe the ones who push our comfort zones a little. Maybe they're not from the places that we expect. Maybe they are less clean than we wish but they push us out of our comfort zone. The heart of our gospel lesson this morning is showing us that God is willing to be opened up and pushed to the limits. So I wonder this morning, how is God inviting you to open up, to get past your comfort zone? Reverend Barbara Brown Taylor again said, quote, with Jesus as our model, we are called to step over the lines we have drawn for ourselves, not because we have to and not because we ought to, or even because we want to, but because we know that it is God who waits for us on the other side, end quote. God is waiting for us on the other side of all the lines that we have drawn in our lives. And God waits for us and offers us a chair at the heavenly banquet, just as God is offering a chair to those who might push our comfort zones. The ones that we are quick to say that they are definitely on the other side of God's grace. Those are the same ones that God is pulling a table out at the chair for as well. In Jesus' time, we may have followed this rabbi, and been scandalized by the inclusive nature of his ministry. 
This story of feeding crumbs to the dogs occurs between two other important feeding stories. The first, when he fed the 5,000 plus women and children in a gathered community of Jewish people. The second, the feeding of 4,000 plus women and children where the gathered community was likely Gentile. In every story from Matthew 14, 15, and 16, Jesus is healing and feeding people. And the circle of his ministry gets progressively wider and wider. His disciples witness the miraculous healing and the feasts. The same disciples who were gathered around the table with Jesus when he took some bread and the cup and he expanded God's covenant to include all who wish to sit at God's table and feast in the heavenly banquet. That night, Jesus promised to be present when we break bread and share the cup. Every month, we remember and celebrate and participate in this holy meal. We call it the Lord's Supper. Throughout the season of Lent, these six weeks preparing us for Easter, we are going to gather at God's table every Sunday. Now there are echoes of today's scripture lesson in a powerful moment that was included in some of the older Christian liturgy. If you grew up Catholic or Episcopalian, you may recall hearing these words before coming to communion. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious God, so as to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus, and drink of his blood, we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen. We may not be worthy to gather the crumbs under the table, but the good news is that God offers us more than crumbs. We are offered a seat at the table. Now, when we share communion in a couple of minutes, we won't actually have chairs. And I'll be handing out pieces of bread from one loaf, and it might appear to be a feast of crumbs. Yet this feast has fed and nurtured countless community through the ages. At this table, people have found strength in the midst of uncertainty, forgiveness in the face of failure, and hope in the presence of devastation all through what some might call crumbs. God has a curious way of taking crumbs and making them a source of life and grace. Did you know that the Old Testament has a specific law about crumbs? It's about gleaning harvested fields. After harvesters would have passed through a field to gather the crop together, the scripture says that they are not to re-enter the field to pick up what was left over, what may have fallen to the ground or been missed. Those leftovers, those crumbs, those were for the widows and the orphans to gather in a harvest of grace, crumbs of compassion for those in need. God has a strange interest in crumbs. 
perhaps what we learn today is that we can take the crumbs of our circumstances and offer them to a loving and gracious God who can bring about abundance. The crumbs from the table feed and nurture. They bring welcome and embrace. They heal and inspire hope. Our lives may feel like not much more than crumbs in the big scheme of things, but God's work of redemption is always revealed in crumbs. The incarnation itself, God taking on flesh in Jesus, the almighty God showed up in a borrowed cattle trough in a manger. Crumbs, the life of faith is all about crumbs. So friends, this morning, If you choose to accept your place at God's table today, it may feel like a crumb that I place in your hands, but know that it is indeed the feast of heaven. Thanks be to God. Amen.